loud. Hi, everyone. This is Isabel Zimmerman with Attracting Wisdom. Thank you so much for being here. We really appreciate you spending some time. Today's topic on the Ascension Roundtable is how is everything for you? And we have our lovely, lovely team members of the Ascension Roundtable, Max and Nikki. Go ahead, Nikki, say hello. Hi, everybody. Nikki here from France. Uh, I'm excited about this topic. It's a great topic um, because it, for me, in any case, when I first heard the concept, uh, which I'm not going to reveal because you're going to do it, um, uh, was pivotal for me because it re it required a complete shift in my perspective. And it really, it rocked my world and continues to do so and pulls me out of the victim role. So I love the topic. I'm happy to be here um, with both of you tonight. Awesome. Thanks. Thank you, Nikki. Max? Hi, everyone. Uh, okay, right. Hi, everyone. Uh, <laughs> welcome. Um, very happy to be here too with uh, everyone, with you, with uh, Isabel, with Nikki, and uh, yeah, and share our topic, our okay. things, our wisdom with Woo! you, with everyone. <laughs> this is for you. <laughs> this is for you. So if you're listening to this, um session or you're watching or listening to it on a podcast everything is for you i i agree with nikki nikki when um i personally heard that everything was for me it was as shocking as there is no wrong in the universe and so i did start questioning like well how is everything for me how is my um perceived pain and suffering for me? Um, how is, how, how, how are good things for me? How are bad things for me? How, how is that? Like, what, what's the mechanism and what's the purpose? So I am a system operation kind of girl. And, um, I really like that. Um, I, that's how I kind of, um approach things so instead of like discounting it like how is everything for me i kind of got really curious and i started suspending disbelief that was my first step my first step was what if it is what if it is for me what it what if everything is for me so I'm going to pretend or suspend disbelief, right? And I'm, I'm going to play along. I'm just going to play along. I'm just going to play along. I don't quite believe them. I don't quite believe what I'm reading. I'm not quite sure I want to believe what is being taught to me. But what if I am wrong and everything is for me, right? And so I made a choice in that moment to start believing everything was for me as a science experiment to see what would be the outcome, what would change, what would not change, that kind of thing. I can tell you guys, it's a holy shit. <laughs> it changed me 
in so many ways, so many unexpected ways. It is, it is one of the most fun games ever for me is to see how it is for me because I get to use my mind, my heart, my body's communicating with me. I get to expand in it. I get to grow. I get to learn. I get to cry. I get to laugh. I get to be frustrated. I get to, I mean, it's just a lot. It's just a lot to unpack. So one of the first things that I kind of worked on was what if I did choose my mother? What if on the other side, because at this point I believe I'm a spirit and I know I am a consciousness. So what if I chose my family? What if I really did that? Cause they're, they always say, oh, we put you on a trajectory, right? So I'm like, huh, I chose Francoise Adeline Lariche Rohatch. That is fascinating. Now, mind you, I, I wasn't, um, I wasn't aware of the past lives I had with my mom at this point. So I'm like, okay, what if I chose my mom? How is that for me? And one of, one of the, the lessons that I really understood clarity around was my mother never wanted to be my friend. And this is what she would say to me growing up. Isabel, I am your mother. I am not your friend. I am the king of the house. And it always cracked me up that she would say king of the house instead of queen. But now I've come to realize she, she was, we had a life when she was king. <laughs> so, I mean, the ironies and the, like, it cracks me up. It cracks me up because like now I can like put the pieces together. But uh, my mom never wanted to be my friend. She wanted to be my mother and ruler of, uh, of me. And that, um, believe it or not, that kind of crushed me because I was just like, well, why don't you want to be my friend? Like, am I not good enough? Am I not like, am I not enough for you to be a friend of mine? But she, she was she was really adamant that she didn't want to be friends. And then my sister, I have an older sister and my sister did not want to be friends with me. So I had it in that, in, in my upbringing, my mother and sister did not want to be friends with me. And so that was for me they played a role for me. There's a lot going on. There's vibration. There's, there's a whole bunch of stuff, but anyways, how is that for me that my mother and sister did not want to be friends with me? Well, I birthed a great desire. My desire is to be friends with everyone. So how could I not love the fact that my mother and sister did not want to be friends with me? And yes, you have to go through shadow work and forgiveness and, you know, all sorts of stuff. But that is, that was probably one of my first ones. Like, how is that for me? Nikki and Max, you want to share one for, with the team here? 
Okay. Well, I loved your example and I felt I have a, I feel like it, uh, I had a similar experience with my family. <clears throat> um, my mom didn't want to be my friend, but she didn't really want to be my mom either. My sister didn't want to be my friend, but she didn't want to be my sister either. And um, I birthed a desire to be loved because um, I didn't feel loved. Um, I would dance through hoops of fire, but it was never quite enough to be lovable. And so most of my trajectory has been about exploring that, that feeling of unworthiness through being unlovable. And so, um, well, how was it for me? Well, it allowed me to explore, you know, my unworthiness um, that wasn't, was an illusion, but that I believed, right? So that I could, at a pivotal moment in my life, um, believe myself that I was lovable. And once that belief um, became a reality, to whatever degree I was able to, I began, I began to attract um, people who actually loved me and treated me with love and treated me like a sister or treated me like a daughter. It's really funny because just in the last three months, no, let's say the last year, I've, befri I've befriended a couple of older ladies. And one of those ladies I just saw when I was in the States a couple of weeks ago, and she just adores me. And she sent a message to my sister because my sister actually introduced us. She's 78. And she said, thank you for introducing me to Nikki, because this is the beautiful, this is the beginning of a beautiful friendship. And, and now I can say, well, of course, because I'm totally lovable. Right. But I, for so many years, didn't believe that I had enough value to be loved that even if someone, um, professed it, I usually wasn't interested. I was only interested in the people who didn't love me so that I could try to win their love. The, the whole thing was about the chase, right? And that was like how I functioned and navigated in the world. It was quite painful. And um, I like this idea of um, how is it for you? It's a, you know, you talked, Isabel, about having a state of curiosity. And that's really the first step in this concept, which is when something happens to you, um, instead of, you know, I used to say, again, why me? Why did I get a raw deal? Why did I get the bad cards in the deck? What the hell's going on? I want out. This life is not fun, right? Because I was really anchored in that victim role. And so from a more neutral spot when something happens, no matter what, and I have a zillion examples, but I really like this one because Remember when we, we met for the Joshua reunion in Las Vegas? My suitcase didn't show up. First thing I did, huh, I don't know why this is, I don't know how this is for me, but I'm going to go with it. And you took care of me, Isabel. You swooped in and pretended you were me and called the airlines because I was jet lagged and tired. And I felt so loved and taken care of. And then another girlfriend, because there was like a thing that night, right? She's, I'm, I'm like, I can't wear this. I've been on the plane for 12 hours. And she's like, come up to my room. And she took off this really beautiful dress and put it on me. And she wore something else and put this really pretty dress on me. And I felt so loved. And it was really, you know, it's, I tell you, it really helps you develop, to develop your, um, your trust in the unfolding of your life. Because, um, Either you're in the victim role and this is quote unquote fucked, 
and I'm fucked. And why did this happen to me? And you perpetuate that kind of perspective, or you can have a, uh, a, a state of curiosity. You can, you don't have to know that's the thing. Like the, like I learned it all in hindsight, right? Like in hindsight, I'm like, Oh, I totally get how that was for me because I didn't get my suitcase, I think, until like the last day I was leaving or something. And I had to go through all those days or like five days because I had silly me left my my um, Apple computer in my suitcase. I left all my beautiful clothes, left all this stuff that I thought was really important to me. Right. And it was like, I really don't know if it's going to come. Will it come with those things inside of it? And I, and I wanted to have a good time because I was with all these incredible people. So I had to choose to trust, right? So um, those are, you know, I think two great uh, examples of being able to um, like be in the victim role, have that experience, run it till it, you don't have any more gas in the car with it, right? When you finally hit, when your back's against the wall and you're tired of being in the victim role and you're tired of suffering and you're tired of being tired, then you become open to something else. And I think this question, how can this be for me, uh, is a great place to begin when you get to that point. Thank you. And I love what you said around that you, you, when you said, when you got tired, you surrendered, right? <clears throat> you surrendered to what is, and you made a choice to have fun, to play without your belongings. You learned that everything was provided for you, that you did not need your suitcase, right? And <clears throat> And you know what? It also it also allowed me to become vulnerable, which was something I tended not to do. Right? I need. Yeah. To, I'm. i You know. I've always been very. You know. Don't. Very self sufficient, and also almost to the point of like pride in not being. Um. Not be, being helped along. Right. Like I can do this. I'm strong. Helen, ready. The whole bit. Hear me roar. Right. And so yeah. to be. To be able to surrender and let help in also allowed me to find a softer place within me. And being vulnerable is, um, it's where the love can come in as well. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> it's so uncomfortable being vulnerable. It like kind of cracks me up, you know, it, it really cracks me up. And uh, I personally struggle um, being vulnerable. I am cultivating it and practicing being vulnerable, but I know I still have my, my guards, uh, and protective shield up and it, um, I think being vulnerable takes brave and courage. And recently I was vulnerable. And for the first time in that vulnerability, I did feel stronger and they, and, and spirit had told me that I would be stronger being vulnerable, but me personally, I didn't feel it. I, to me, it was still a theory. Um, and then just recently I did feel stronger being vulnerable. So keep at it, keep being vulnerable. It's awkward. It doesn't, you, you just want to run and hide <laughs> or you just want to avoid it at all costs. It's weird, uh, but it's all good. Yeah, so really great, great example, Nikki. Thank you. 
And Max, what about you? What's your story? There, there, there are a lot that comes to my mind. I think what, what, what I wanted to jump on, <laughs> take the ball, um, <clears throat> is what you said is about um, not good enough, the, the, the uh, misbelief in um, when, when you're told everything is for you, uh, and then you misbelieve that, and you said, uh, I'm not good enough. And uh, um, yeah, that's what I want to start with, because that's interesting. That's interesting because when, when I, 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 I talk with people and I tell them good news, they say, oh, I don't want the good news. And why don't you want the good news? I'm telling you, everything is fine. And you say that you don't want everything to be fine. Do you want what? Right? Um, yeah. And that, that thing that not good enough, what we learn, what we are believing, what we receive, well, it's ourselves adapting to human reality. I'm human. Well, to go into human, I have to be not good enough because if I express I'm good enough from an early age, well, uh, my parents will certainly not want me <laughs> because if I, <laughs> if I am good enough and they're not good enough, we're not going to be uh, in a good place together um, because what they teach me is I'm not good enough because they are not good enough. That's what they have known. That, that's what, right? And and so when I think about that and I and I see what my mother told me when when we reconnected years after we didn't speak for a very long time. And and uh, as an excuse or, or as a way of saying something, she said to me, well, you know, uh, she said that she's not able to communicate love, right? Uh, connecting with what uh, Nikki said before, right? That, that inability to communicate, to give that love to the children. And, um, and she said that she was unable to communicate that, to give that love because she didn't receive it from her parents. And, um, and so, right. And, 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 I, and then I come along and I'm there. So I don't receive that from, from her. And I choose differently. And, and I even not sure that she choose to do exactly what her parents did, did um, because my, her sisters uh, didn't behave the same way as she did. So that, that, that was her expression of it, her interpretation of it. So she, she, she went along with that. But so that, that not good enough is something that we express. We have our own version of it, but we all have that. So that our story, our that is for me has that 
believe in it that oh no it cannot be for me because uh, how can anything good be for me how the fact that this happens so that this better thing can then come along well i'm not it cannot be um and that's a core belief that we have yes we do uh and we act on it so that often when the good news come we say no no i don't want the good news i want the pain i want to stay in the pain i know the pain the pain is there the pain is for me that's good enough because i'm not worth not pain i'm worth pain because I'm a sinner because I'm a bad person, because I made suffer, I, I made my family suffer, or whatever, my children, my oh, enough people. And and so we're twisted. We're twisting ourselves to to enter to 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 hold that um that belief I'm not good enough. And then, but then, right, you have the choice, you choose, no, I want to be good enough, I am good enough. And you let go of that idea of, of, of I'm not, yeah, you are. And so then your reality changes, that's, that's great, right? You realize the moment you accept that you are awesome, that you are great, that you are fantastic, and that everything that happens to you is 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 well, it's not deserved, but it's it's you. That's for you. Well, yes, because because it's why not, right? And yeah, absolutely. If, if 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 you say to me, you choose my parents ten years ago, I will say, "Fuck you." <laughs> <laughs> well, fuck me. <laughs> what was I thinking? <laughs> yeah. So, one of the things around um, the concept, like everything is for you, was I really like to know the the mechanism of the design because it softens for me personally. It softens the judgment. Nikki um, approaches her her understanding. She she Nikki is so brave and courageous, guys. You have no idea how she feels emotion so tense so intensely. It literally just cripples her, right? But she go she deep dives into that emotion for the surrendering and accepting and the love and i'm always fascinated and it's probably why i do past life hypnosis it's understanding why we chose our parents why why what we wanted to put ourselves in a trajectory so nikki really shared her overarching theme of being lovable she wants to be lovable right my overarching theme, I can tell you, if you're going to write an Isabel Zimmerman character, it would be Isabel Zimmerman goes from not being enough to enough and see her journey, you know, and there are themes, there are fears 
that lie dormant in our energetic field. We choose our parents, we choose our time of place, we choose our birth, we choose a lot of things so that we can be triggered and adopt these limiting beliefs about ourselves to only overcome it. Because when you overcome a limiting belief, that is your growth. And the, and the purpose of Prime Creator is experience and growth. Everything is expansion. Everything is an experience. And it is our perception. It is our story we tell ourselves. There is a lot going on energetically. But just know everything is for fun and for our expansion, for our greater understanding. Because when we expand, we expand all that is. And so there are many little threads and many little points and really the system is amazing. And so that helped me understanding the system and the design to know that it wasn't because I was bad or, um, you know, there's, they're, they're trying to screw me over the, the, the universe. No, it was all done in love. And so again, you have to suspend disbelief. How is this in love? How is this love for me? So I don't know. What do you guys think of that? Yeah, I like what you said um, about how there are like themes or I, I consider for me, it's just a different. Well, there are themes. Absolutely. And 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 the theme sort allows you to explore that 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 uh, energetic experience through the theme, like I, I like to give examples. So uh, one of my themes is rejection and abandonment, right? So like my dad um, rejected me and he did abandon me. My mom abandoned me emotionally and physically. And so I've, you know, repeatedly, repeatedly um, been abandoned if I want to perceive it in that victim role, right? Actually, people just move on. <laughs> Actually, change just happens. But in my filter, I, I get rid, big red abandoned, rejected. I don't belong. They don't like me, all that kind of stuff. And um, what's really cool is an, if you're walking around unconscious as a victim, feeling like you got a raw deal in life, you're just going to get more of the same because that's how the law of attraction works. That's my experience. Um, so when you begin the journey inwards and anyone who's listened to this podcast has surely begun that journey and has been on an inward journey. Um, you, you start to get really familiar with these themes or these vibrational things um, because it'll, it'll feel familiar. You know, one of my first questions to a client is when did you feel this before? Right. And then one of the first questions I asked myself is, whoa, this is like super familiar. Really, Nikki, you know, and um, what's really interesting is so, you know, once you get on this uh, ascension journey and self-awareness journey, self-love and self-acceptance journey, um, you know, you never put, I don't want to say you never put down the shovel or the hammer. That's not it. But you, you, you will always have challenges because once it's in your vibration, it's always there. However, what's different is that you don't uh, react like you used to react. You, what I notice is that I, I observe, sometimes I'll react. Sometimes it's so big 
that I will react, but it doesn't last that long. Like what used to last days or weeks lasts a few hours, you know? And, um, and so then when you talked about triggers, so a trigger is when you're, you're just, you know, moving along in life and suddenly out of the blue, right? Somebody like sideswipes you. What? Where'd that come from? Thought she was my friend. Thought he was my friend. I thought they loved me, you know? And that's like, wait a minute. Okay. So this is everybody who's in my life and all these situations that occur are only there to show me what's in my own vibration. Everything's a mirror, right? So I must have some kind of wobble in that self-love if somebody's ignoring me um, or accuses me falsely of something that is so off that you're like, what? And it's, it's funny because um, I have quite a few friends. I mean, not a bunch, but I have a few. And um, I just had a conversation with someone because uh, a very, very close friend of mine who um, I had shared with her how I had been, um, I had a reaction to not being invited to something. And most of the time I don't care, but like we were at this party and every single girl at the party got invited except me. So out of 10 people, nine got invited and I didn't. And I was pretty surprised. But very quickly, I was like, wait a minute. Good for her. She's not people pleasing. She didn't want to invite me. And it's true. We're not even that close. So good for her. Like I turned it around very quickly. Right. And I was like, okay. And I saw it something. I was uh, kind and loving. I didn't have any resentment. I had, you know, that trigger did not um, imprison me like those kind of things used to. Right. Because when you're in duality, you see things as right and wrong. But once you've got that broader perspective, then you, you know that there really is no wrong, even though there are some things that are really tough to say that around, you know, like when you look at war, you look at climate change, you look at the pandemic, you look at certain things. It's not always easy to apply that pat phrase of there is no wrong in the universe, but there really is no wrong in the universe. Um, But um, so I was, you know, really cool about it and all that. And then uh, I get a call today by this friend that I'm really close with who like, told me about like all this drama around this thing that I didn't make a big deal about. Like it just took a life of its own, right? Nikki didn't get invited. Oh my God. And all those people out there who are involved in drama got involved. And I was like, what, you know? And, uh, and then I realized I was like, I was like, I was today. I was like, really? And I said to my friend, if you believe that about me, you don't know me. And then I was like, wow, I feel really free. Like it took me a few hours to realize I didn't do anything wrong. And also um, I understood where I stopped and where she started. And people that are in duality are, are um, uh, they get energized by drama and I no longer do. I don't want to be involved in drama and putting people in right and wrong categories. So I just realized uh, later on after, a few hours after the phone call, um, I will not speak of it again. Like I'm talking about it here just because it was a process, but I'm not mad at anybody. I see where these people start. I see where I stop. You know, I'm not someone who is uh, in drama and I never like said anything bad about anyone. You know, it was just my process. Um, And it was an opportunity. That's the, that's like the extension of how is it for me? So once you really understand that it's to highlight a limiting belief um, because it is still in your vibration, right? Um, even though you've moved it into a beneficial belief, you'll still get tested by the universe, I believe, 
Um, <clears throat> and so it was sort of like, um, no, no reaction. I feel free. And um, I, I release it. And even um, I, 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 it allows me to see how far I've come. You know, and it's not like there's a race and there is no final destination. But how, when I say how far I come, I mean how free I've become. Right. That's freedom when you're not so attached to how other people perceive you or misperceive you. It doesn't really matter. No matter what you do. And I said it earlier in the conversation, you can dance through hoops of flames. If someone has made a decision about you, you can't convince them otherwise. Anyway, I know I'm lovable. I don't have to convince anybody. And the universe will bring me everybody who is uh, meant to come into my life. And the universe will allow other people to leave if that's what it's supposed to be. And that's where that trust comes in. Thank you. I agree. And, you know, the mechanism behind that is there really is a geometric pattern of our beliefs in our field. And it's really interesting. Um, so what the team is saying is like, you have a pattern, the emotion or the event strikes that pattern, it lights up, it then ping pongs other patterns within your field. That's why it's not attached to just one belief. It's multiple beliefs that are happening. You are now vibrating that frequency. So you are attracting the same thoughts. So if you want to do an experiment and say, hey, our patterns being activated within my field, the next time you're triggered, if you could take a voice memo or notes and just record all the thoughts coming to you and don't edit yourself and then just put it away. When that emotion strikes again, you record the thoughts again and then you play back the recordings and you'll hear how similar it is. If not, word for word. Now, most people have experienced this with a drunk friend. You go out with your friend, he or she is drunk, and they literally tell you the same thing over and over, almost word for word. And that mechanism is because thoughts are in the electromagnetic field, our brain processes them. So that emotion and frequency, we vibrate it out. It then comes to us. It's the same thoughts. So then it's almost like a tape recorder yet you hit play, if you can imagine that old cassette player because it was magnetized, it hits play and now you ensue the same behavior. And so to change that energetic pattern, the way to change that pattern, you cannot cut it out of you. I know, shocking, but that's because no information can be lost because there is no loss in the universe. I know, shocking, because we experience loss, loss of love, but it is the illusion, I know. And then, so you're experiencing the loss, perceived loss, which is all for us. To change that pattern, the first step is I accept it. I see it, high pattern, high. And as soon as you accept, you are now giving love to it. You are literally adding a note to that pattern. So when that pattern is ignited and struck within you of that emotion, it's gonna play its song, but the last note is love. And if you can keep on adding love, more love, more love, more love to that pattern, 
your song may have like, you know, um, the sad blues, but then it will have the happy ending. And that is how you change an energetic pattern. But that takes awareness and work to change that pattern. And my dog is like wanting another treat. <laughs> That's her pattern. That's my pattern with my dog. <laughs> That's why you exist to give her treats. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Yeah, that, that, totally. that's why you're there. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that, that's the dark time. Let me take Isabel. Isabel, now you that's what you do. <laughs> yeah, yeah, totally. Um, I was thinking, right, um, about the teams. Um, I see that as uh a work in progress, but over 100,000 years, or what well, we can, yeah, the, the, the idea of that, or many, many, many iteration of me that are expressing healing, healer, channeling, um, music, uh, that kind of thing. And um, and so I, I, I realized how, um, for instance, if I take my previous life uh, in the Vietnam War, then here I come. So I, 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 I mean, uh, I die in Vietnam and then here I come, I keep going, but now I'm Max. And now when I relate to war, I I see that in a completely different way. So I've I've taken that experience, that dramatic experience dying in well I cannot say in combat, but in a combat zone, and um and then following that there's this under deep understanding of war. No, I, I was quite going to say reject it's not a rejection it's an understanding of the um how war is useless and and produces quite right nothing except yeah change but the change will happen without the war the war is, is useless anyway right we we can get there there are so many ways to get where we want to go without using uh, pain and, and all that we, but yeah we believe that pain uh, war and that because those kind of things are use, uh, useful so, so yeah we keep doing that great um <laughs> but yes so you see that that becomes a way of of saying well that that's for me even though you may say yeah but you could you didn't really yeah but doesn't matter that happened and then i use that to give myself the awareness the understanding so that that's the evolution i'm evolving myself and so wow now now i know and now I know, well, I'm not going into a war anymore. 
just because I know. Now that's my vibration. That's what I'm uh, I'm using. And I love uh, Nikki that the, the think of the drama because I I I I, <laughs> I understood. I said we're really really creating our reality to have drama. We do it on purpose. The way we build our uh, cities, our town, the way we put things together, the way and there's a much simpler and a drama-less way of doing everything, except that we choose to have the drama. And I love the drama queen. Yeah, that that that's exactly what we do. And um, I mean, generally. And and so yeah, we stay in that. And wow. <laughs> anyway. Yeah, and, and drama just... is fun. Like, you know, yeah. if you accept that there is drama and drama is fun, I mean, this is why we create stories. This is why we create movies and we watch TV shows. It's and roller we, coasters. Yeah, and roller coasters is because we enjoy the drama. And and I I would say that. You know, all of it is great. All of it is great. Acceptance is great. Drama is great. Contrast is great. You know, it's like my desire to teach and, um, you know, to seek, to seek, you know, I would say, Isabel, you know, I I am an Ascension teacher, but I also seek greater understanding. Why do I seek greater understanding? Well, because it's fun. It's just fun. And when I can move into more of my consciousness, more into my energetic field and, and, and really encapsulate my multidimensional self, like Max remembers that life of his in Vietnam that impacts his life now, how cool is that? How cool is that, that he's having this experience? How cool is that, that he is knowing more of himself? How cool is that, that 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 experience in his soul field is is impacting his life as Max in this incarnation? And that is really what is happening to all of us. It's just that we're not aware of our other lives as much, right? But as we ascend, you know, you might remember your lives through a dream because you're less resistant to receive that information. Or you might remember a life because you have deja vu. You walk into a shop or you walk into, you know, you go to a new country and you're like, oh my gosh, this feels like home. I think I've been here before. You don't, you don't have to, I mean, sure you could discount it, but play with it, see where it goes, see what you can remember, see what you can trigger that remembrance into your soul field, because you are really multidimensional. And yeah, you want the science around it? Yeah, well, study quantum physics. You know, you might, you might find that interesting, you might not, or you might find it in a different manner. It doesn't matter, you know, but yeah, be curious, be curious, because it's fun. And it's, it really allows you to understand more of who you are. You know, Mac, uh, Nikki has had um, sessions. And, you know, often, we talk about the, the farmer's wife, 
who, who just said she just can't get it right. You know, and that, that is great insight because now Nikki can recognize that pattern in her soul field and say, whoa, do I choose to be that way again in this life? Or do I choose something more empowering? It's all a choice, believe it or not. <laughs> That's what's really cool about it is, you know, we, we chose to wake up in this lifetime. We're, yeah. We're, we're amongst, we're a minority, right? Um, uh, so we don't get to coast along. <laughs> yeah. no. We don't get to coast along in duality and see all those fuckers out there and call them <laughs> names and wish things were different, but. Like, you know, I mean, okay. I remember when I first, um, when I first, uh, understood, when I first started learning about, um, the difference between duality and oneness, right. And <clears throat> when you're in duality and, and I remember Josh was saying this to me, cause I was like at the beginning after I'd read, I think I had read a radical change. And then I ended up going on the one-on-one -on -one program and I was writing, you know, ferociously five letters a week to Joshua and, and Joshua was trying to keep up with me, you know? And uh, I remember Joshua called me the squeaky wheel because I wrote the most letters per week. But in any case, this was back when that program existed, no longer exists. But uh, um, I remember asking Joshua on a call, like, is this even possible? Like to practice neutrality? Is this even possible to take a higher perspective? Because you know, it seemed, I mean, I didn't, I couldn't believe it because it seemed insurmountable to me. And um, I remember Joshua's answer because Joshua said, are you kidding? What you're doing now is so exhausting. And I don't know if you remember when you used to see everything is wrong, but it was, it was tiring because you'd think you'd have a little lapse where you'd be like, oh yeah, now life is really good. He likes me. She likes me. Uh, this is happening. And you try to hold on to it. So the control, right? And before you know it, something would happen. You'd lose this, you'd lose this one, that one, or they didn't do it right. Or I didn't do it right. And there you go. I'm back in that dip again, feeling shitty because, well, I got that raw deal. And when you start practicing oneness and it really is a practice because it's not like that. It never happens like that. It's a con even, even today I go into, we go, I go into duality all the time, but I have way too much information up here now. So, um, and I don't want to stay there because I know I'm much freer when I'm in neutrality uh, or when I'm feeling my feelings, you know, I'm just like, Oh, I just feel like a victim. Okay. I'm going to cry it out. And once I've allowed that emotion to be there, I feel so much freer. And then I'm like, this was totally for me. Oh my God. <laughs> you know, it's like, and then you go move to more expansion because you've processed something. So uh, being in duality and trying to control all the conditions in your reality so that you can feel good is exhausting. And then when you practice oneness, you move into more and more freedom in increments as more and more love takes the place of less and less fear, right? As you move into more love, you have more love for yourself. You have more love for what is. You have more love for those around you, even those you don't know. And before you know it, you're like smiling because you're looking at a tree or something crazy like that. <laughs> I agree. You know, when you go into more acceptance, so if you, you know, 
we're talking about how things are for you and that it's just one one prong and one approach right because the other the other side to once you understand how it's for you can you go into gratitude can you appreciate it right and appreciation and gratitude is in the frequency of love and seeing things as neutral or being curious or observing I would say there are phases and stages. If you can't see it for you, there is a lot of suspension of disbelief in, in, and really kind of think of it. I kind of try to be a Scooby-Doo detective and be playful around it so I can soften it because when you are in intense fear, it's hard. It's really hard. You just, you know, you got to reel in that mind when you're, when you're in it, just say, okay, I don't see how this is for me. This is for me. I, it, I'm going to get another piece to the puzzle. I'm going to stay in the now moment. Sometimes you can, sometimes you can't. It's, you know, it's okay. It doesn't matter when you do your soul work or analyzing or processing. It doesn't matter. It, it's just, you know, the more that you can practice seeing everything is for you, including the good things. And that's one of the things that I want to bring up before we close is that there are so many good things that are for you, right? Like the bed you sleep on. Did you have a cup of coffee? Did someone smile at you today? Do you have a pet that like rubbed on you and kissed you? Did you read something curious? Did you write something? Did you have a conversation today with a friend? Did you express your love? Were you creative? Did you get outside? Did you see the stars? Look at how much is for you. You can breathe. Did you have a glass of water? Did you have a piece of chocolate, right? And all of that, all of that is for you. And how cool is that? So you don't always have to focus on the, the things we do not prefer, I would say. There are many things that you do prefer that are for you. And so wherever you are in this journey, you know, give it a whirl. Look at all the things that are for you that you do prefer and practice that first. Eat dessert first. Don't go for the meal. Eat dessert first. Get your legs used to it. You know, just practice seeing everything for you on desserts. And then if you see something that you don't prefer, you can just put it aside for now. There, trust me. Trust me. You'll you'll be you'll they'll have you look at it because it will come back. <laughs> so don't worry, you won't miss a thing. <laughs> yeah, you know, we don't always feel like doing the soul work, right? Yeah. Sometimes we just want to read a book or listen to music or dance or giggle with a girlfriend. This all doesn't have to be so serious. Sometimes we take ourselves so friggin' seriously. <clears throat> um, the road to more freedom is through, not around. That's all I'll say. Um, but take it at your own pace and enjoy the journey. Yes. Who said that the reading a book is not doing the work? And who said that? Right? 
Right, you don't right, have to go into any state or uh, I don't know meditation or anything to do the work. The, the doing the work is not defined. We I, I, that's true. The, 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 we give so many definitions about things, and there are many people that are trying to structure this reality and structure everything to have an answer to for everything. Well, mm. I don't have an answer to, for for everything. <laughs> Far away from that, and I don't need it. And, yeah. and, and so doing the work is not defined. It's whatever the F I decide to do. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. yeah you know, I, I like right? this. I say this about um, my husband because um, he's, um, you know, he, he, every once in a while he'll say, how's the universe doing? <laughs> That's like his, his curiosity level, but he's, you know what? He goes to play golf. He plays music. Um, every once in a while, he wants a session. Um, but I've seen him change. You know, you know. I, I think that um, I think that it's really important to respect everybody's um, choices. And um, and, uh, and okay, for my for example, my sister. My sister, I love her so much. Um, she um, isn't awake. And she's not very curious. And it's funny because she, she's had so many, so many physical illnesses. And uh, when, I, when I was with her just a few weeks ago, she was suffering with her hands and swollen and all this kind of stuff. And you know what? I just, I don't have any advice for her or anybody else, but I took her in my arms and she just cried. It's the first time in our relationship that she actually got vulnerable and just allowed me to hold her, you know? And it's funny because she called me two days ago because she got the diagnosis. She has she has a tumor on one hand and she has, but this benign and she has carpal tunnel syndrome on both hands. She's got to have surgery on both hands. And she just started crying. And I just, uh, you know, I didn't do anything, but I was there and I, I just loved her through it all, you know, and sometimes we just need to have a good cry. And then that's what I said. I was like, you know what, feel it all, you know? And, um, I do believe that, you know, if we don't, if we're in a state of suffering for long, long enough, our body can't hold all that fear. So it starts to manifest in these physical ways, but that's my personal belief. And it's not a fact. Um, that's another good reason to do the work, <laughs> which is the soul work, right? Look at you, examine your limiting beliefs. Don't sit in the suffering. Um, be curious and uh, it's the work, it gives it it's sort of a negative word, but actually just, you know, in, invite that journey inward and know that no matter what happens, you're always safe and you won't get too much, just what you're ready for right now. And it's the, it's, it's really about freedom. It's about, yeah, y'all, then that understanding's great. But for me, it's more about being good in my skin and being able to laugh, being able to uh, feel free, not having all that doubt, all that worry, all that angst I used to have. And I love it. So I want more. I'm a good, yeah, I, I definitely want the, the good stuff, but I said, good. There's nothing good. I just want, I just want more freedom. That's what I want. That's it for me. Ah, thank you. Thank you. Max, do you want to say anything before we close out? You know, uh, th th this is beautiful. I love it.
Wonderful. Thank you, Nikki. Yes, thank you, Nikki. Well, thank you everyone for spending some time with us on the Ascension Roundtable. I hope you enjoyed it. And until next time, may you have tremendous growth and joy. Bye. Bye, everybody. Bye. <laughs>